0: This
1: part of your old express joining me this time for the rootiness tootinous disney film of all time sort
2: of is will ackerman again <laughs> i mean honestly pecos bill is probably a little bit more rootiness tootinous but hey this works also i guess <laughs> more racist though but whatever. yeah um and uh, as you heard earlier a new voice on the show
1: for the very first time um, mr skyler queen
3: hi i also didn't realize that you would have heard that part but yeah, this is kind of... I'm,
1: I'm going to keep that in. Um
3: okay. <laughs> uh, so, so, but yeah, also though, there is um there was an episode of the Disneyland TV show that was theatrically released as a B movie uh that was just the uh Golden Horseshoe Review. That's pretty rootin tootin.
2: It, wasn't there that one movie um Tall Tale or something like that? Yeah, that yeah I've
3: never that... seen it. I
2: it was I think it was like DVD released or not.
1: Like it had John Henry and some other what? West, like uh, no, so, Western okay. Legends.
3: Well, that that was a compilation of like American legends that were hosted by uh, James Earl Jones that you're thinking of. But what Will's thinking of was a live action film starring Patrick Swayze and Catherine O'Hara uh, mm. that I haven't seen, but I heard it was very underrated, but a massive bomb. Oh,
2: yeah. Hmm. It was shot in 1992 and didn't come out till 1995. Ooh. So we're here to discuss the notorious Home on the Range. Um,
1: according to some, of the nadir of D- Disney 2D animation. We'll we'll be the judges of that. But as I always ask um, with new guests, Skyler, what is your history with the Disney animated films?
3: Oh, uh, well, being kind of dipped in them from birth <laughs> um yeah uh, i'm uh, i mean to an extent as embarrassing as it is i it can be described as a disney adult okay. um my parents honeymooned in disney world back when it was just the magic kingdom um and yes it, been kind of like growing up with it the entire time i'd go to uh the parks i'd see the films uh we have the uh christmas parade on every year uh not just like the films but the whole company as a as a whole is uh it's pretty much like a family thing uh to the extent that uh My sister now has her own children, and she has the Disney Vacation Club because she's raising them that way, too.
1: (laughs) Cool. And had you ever seen this prior to preparing for this episode? Uh,
3: Yes, I I remember it was the first um, of the feature animation films that I had seen in theaters where my dad didn't go with me because Brother Bear, Hmm. he definitely did um but for home on the range it it was this film and also um teacher's pet uh the um uh, the uh, one saturday morning cartoon um uh, film uh that was like the finale to that tv show with nathan lane uh were my first experiences with nearly empty theaters oh. where uh Yes. Uh both both Teacher's Pet and Home on the Range, there was uh two other people in the cinema. Wow. It, I, I I believe my dad was just like walking around the mall or something, like shopping at the time because I would have been uh twelve when this came. <laughs>
1: We'll get into what came out also that that, that week also because this came in fourth that during that opening weekend. But um, Will, what what is your history with this film?
2: So this came out. Um, I would have been. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I would have been a in my freshman year of college, mm-hmm. and one, I was a poor freaking freshman student at that time, mm-hmm. and two. I would have had absolutely no desire to see this considering, you mm. know, a couple weeks later, Kill Bill Volume 2 is coming out. And ah. if I'm going to see a movie in theaters, it's probably going to be a Tarantino film because, you know, I was a cool, edgy theme- um, theater film student at the time. Mm.
3: But didn't the marketing get you? I mean, April 2, plus the move Yeah.
2: <laughs> Like, literally, the only thing I remember of the marketing was a, I want to say, like, maybe a little spot on Entertainment Tonight where they were talking about about Roseanne's involvement in in the film. And it was like just, you know, it was pretty much just her in the um, studio recording her lines. And that's all I remember about the marketing on this film, which says a lot about what how the studio probably believed in it.
3: Hmm. I, I just, I do remember the that tagline April, on April 2, Bust a Moo. And mm-hmm. that has stuck with me for decades now, um, just because it's such a bad tagline. <laughs> and the fact that in every trailer, well, there were like about two trailers and um, every TV spot that were uh, uh, on like children's television at the time, uh, every single one had that, yeah, they're real, quit staring uh, line uh, over uh, the uh, um, actual shot of the udders from the end of the movie, uh, Mm. which is interesting because that's the reason why the movie got a PG in the first place. So why is that the main thing of the marketing? It got a PG? Yes.
1: Really?
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I did not realize that. I mean, they're, they're, I guess, slightly mature references. It's not like... (laughs) I, I would have thought this would be P-, P G this would have been G given how it seems a little more child oriented than some of the oh. than like Treasure Planet or um or early Lone Stitch, but maybe not.
3: I mean, I mean there's a reference it's, it's, to Up
1: the Creek is in Shits Creek, the kind without the roses.
3: Yeah. Um and also in that uh that same uh opening song, um There's um, uh, also the the, um, – you know what? I have notes here. Uh, It it goes uh, with a piss joke as well uh, about how your saddle is going to reek. Ah. um, If you're the type with a nervous bladder. Oh, yeah. (laughs)
2: Um, It's
3: a weird thing for a Disney movie.
2: Yeah. Needless to say, this was a film that I – if I'm thinking about it, I think my first Disney watch through, like way back in the day when Netflix still, you know, had DVDs, mm-hmm. I don't think that was the first. I don't think it was until that then that I actually saw it for the first time. That probably would have been like 2011,
1: 2012. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I definitely didn't see this in theaters. I I remember what I was seeing, but I remember I was maybe it was Finding Nemo, something around 2003 or 2004. I remember seeing the trailer for it and thinking, oh man, Disney has really gone to the dogs um or but i mean uh, to be fair i i was too old i felt that i was too old for disney films at that point but it didn't look sure. that promising um and i didn't see it till maybe about 10 years later um mm. and didn't remember it being great um that's the the build-up of this over the past few several episodes um production wise uh, there's not a lot on wikipedia apparently this was uh, mike gabriel the director of rescuers down under and eventually Pocahontas. us he pitched um like a West, like a '90s Western Disney film. I think it would have involved Andy Oakley and "quote unquote" American Legends, but that was rejected in favor of Pocahontas. And when he was done with Pocahontas, he pitched it again, and it was approved. And it went through several story treatments. Like originally, like the protagonists would be like young cowboys, or um, or I think one of one iteration would have actually been an immigrant from East Asia coming to the West and like surviving a train robbery, but um eventually that somebody had an idea to make the protagonist cows and to make them bounty hunters to save the farm. Um, I don't know if it's had nearly as a trajectory as Emperor's New Groove, but the directors were replaced at one point. Um, Mike, well, Mike Gabriel and Mike Giama were replaced by Will Finn and John Sanford.
3: In um, the, the original title was sweating bullets. Mm-hmm. Um, One of the earlier treatments for the story was going to be um, a cowboy uh, who was finding himself in a ghost town that was being also haunted by the ghost of a skeleton cowboy Mm. named Alameda Slim. Mm. Uh, And then that turned into uh, a little bull named Bullets before we got to the cows. So there have been a lot of changes, different uh, things over time. I do know that... um, Uh, Janet Dubois uh, from Good Times uh, was supposed to be in the cast, probably Maggie. uh, Mm -hmm. And uh, Sarah Jessica Parker was in the cast as well, and she got fired. She recently talked about, uh, like in the last few years, that she was fired off of two movies, uh, Home on the Range and Ants. Arguably, she had
1: a
2: lucky escape with both of them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a reason... Why this thing was hundred and ten million is just because of how
3: much production it went through over the years. Mm-hmm. Well, like when when um uh Cuba Gooding Jr. and Judy Dench finally signed on uh to join the cast was November of two thousand. So like that's four years, well, three and a half years of uh development still that's mm-hmm. I don't know. a yeah, long time really. Yeah, and one of the one of the songs like, we'll does get to it. You know, a long time for a Disney movie usually, but even still, it seems odd to be announcing that publicly at that point. <laughs>
1: yeah, definitely. Um one of the songs we'll get to is actually written right after nine eleven is written in reaction to it and that would have been nearly three years before this film came out, so mm-hmm. it's had a long gestation, which is generally not a good sign I guess one other thing it was actually alan menken's idea to make alameda slim the hypnotic yodeler because he actually returned on this film i think it's the first one since hercules he returned on to do the music but i don't think he does the lyrics um
3: no just, it's uh glenn slater for the first time uh that he's with glenn um normally uh, he does do stuff with glenn slater now um that is the uh um, he did uh, Gallivant, the uh, ah. tangled movie and the tangled tv show uh lots of things with him. Oh okay.
1: Um and will you said something you can you can bring this up later if it's more relevant but you mentioned on twitter there was something it reeked a bit of corporate meddling in places. Do you want to get I, to that now, or yeah, do you might as
2: well. Like, basically, just this—this <laughs> this is the film that was one of the main reasons why um, they finally got rid of Eisner. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, okay. basically, because of. <laughs> Between this, um, Roy E. Disney, like, was just really getting into his entire, no, no, we're saving Disney, like, campaign, Mm -hmm. and, yeah, and a few other movies that bombed that year. Like, that was pretty much just what they were, like, okay, um, how about Bob Iger? He wants to save, he wants to save Pixar. Yeah, let's, he wants to bring Pixar in. Let's, let's fire Eisner and bring him in instead. Yeah, because that's starting out well. I
1: that, mean, I mean, I'm not saying bring Iser back, but it, 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 we should oh. mention this is
2: we're recording this right after Wish came out and is getting lampooned. Yeah, I mean, listen, Bob Iger's terrible, but the person between Bob uh, between his two tenures, uh, I <laughs> would rather not have back ever again. Mm. So, oh, Bob Chappic, was it? Oh, yeah.
1: I, I don't know a whole lot about like the corporate wars. I know there's a whole book on it called Disney war. Which I think it's mainly about, I do. Ha-
3: the- I do have Disney war. I, I mm-hmm. uh, it's a very thick book. Uh, mm-hmm. I've not read all of it, but, uh, it is funny just to, uh, see at the beginning of the book, um, the, the author, uh, saying like, Oh yeah, I was just going to be writing, uh, this book as like a profile of how the studio works. And, um, um, Michael Eisner was showing me around and then everything went down <laughs> mm. Wow!
1: right is there anything else we should bring up before we get into this actual
2: movie the story yeah, I feel like this is a good par- part as ever to get into that okay here we go then <laughs>
0: Perhaps we'll dine with you some other time you see grace and i are returning to our farm to say our last goodbyes yeah we need closure well i can sympathize here, sister i truly can until recently i too had a home echo mine it was called us jack rabbits lived there for generation after generation till some land grabbing bandit moved in and flushed us out like yesterday's oatmeal Excuse us, my good fellow. We must be on our way. Wait! There he is! (laughs) Ah! Slim! You mean this no-good barman is hiding out in Echo Mine right now? Without a doubt. Maggie. what are you thinking? Look, I got a score to settle with that rhinestone fat boy and nothing to lose. But it'll be dangerous going after Slim all by yourself. Hey, I got the rabbit. That's not all you got, Maggie. You got us. Uh, Oh, no. No, 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 no. We are sticking to our plan and going home. Hold on, you two. As strange as this sounds, Grace is actually making sense. Thank you. You want the money, and I want to get even with Slim. The three of us go together, and we're sure to get him. Once you collect the reward, I'll walk out your front gate, and I'll stay out of it forever. Deal? Your powers of persuasion are uncanny deal. Ha! Bovine bounty hunters. Now I've seen everything.
1: So we open with the Disney logo this time branded. I think it's on a piece of paper, but rather than a cow's butt, but, um, yeah, (laughs) that would have been pretty cruel, but, um, we get the opening song, which I will say is rather catchy and has some like nice lyrics, you know, like down in the land where the weak are target practice, stuff like that. Um, but I, w- I will say both times watching this, I, w- I was distracted by the rabbit and the antics it was going through. It, it was actually la- the noise, um, but, but, well, basically we're on this western prairie, I guess in Texas in the late 1800s sometimes, or in that rough area, we see like this cow drive going by, but the main focus of it is this luckless, peg Jack jackrabbit that goes through all this shit. Yeah. Any thoughts about the opening credits, the opening song, or
2: lucky before we meet him properly
3: i like it
2: it's it, i mean honestly like of all my problems with this movie like the the opening animation it it sets you know what we it sets the um it sets the style and mm-hmm. it is not and it commits to it mm-hmm. like there are a lot of films where you know they might where the animation style might not have worked as well, but it did here because this is what I needed for the story
3: mm-hmm. okay uh, it might like it is a little distracting with the lyrics uh as well as having lucky Jack going and doing that uh they probably should have kind of put those into two different areas, but I don't know where you would really place the one versus the other mm-hmm. um uh but yeah i i don't know i i do enjoy both pieces and mm-hmm. yeah i'm going to be the apologist of this movie <laughs> like it's okay. it, it's it's far from my favorite but like when you have like 63 or so films and most of them are pretty good it's hard to rank the ones that you still don't think are like oh that one's not bad <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay. Um, yeah, the style's kind of angular, which is it's, I'm mostly okay with. Although it's it's weird with some of the characters, especially like the cows and like the hips and stuff like that. Um,
3: yeah, in a few it's, places. It's,
1: but I mean, but it's, it's a, as well also it's a style and they commit to it.
3: Mm-hmm. So. Uh, it's it's definitely um, more of a Emperor's New Groove kind of angular than it is an. Atlantis kind of angular. Yeah, they they weren't like aping a particular
1: artist now. they're just slightly more cartoony than usual. Right. Um, but anyway, we we made our beloved protagonist, voiced by R- Roseanne, who is awful. Um, but by the way, did uh, did either of you grow up on Roseanne or see it before, like leading up to this
3: moment before the controversy? A hundred percent. I mean, I watched a few episodes here and there, but she wasn't like my favorite thing. The most uh when I think of like Roseanne before uh i I more often than not remember her daytime talk show okay because I specifically remember um Miss Piggy being a guest on one episode, oh. <laughs> and I was being like, What because I was a kid at the time, it was just like, that's amazing. <laughs> Like, I grew
2: up with Roseanne. I am old. But, like, (laughs) literally, though, it was was something, you know, we watched with our family. I watched with my family. You know, we I remember, you know, all the controversy over, you know, her marriage to Tom Arnold and then their divorce. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, this film was supposed to be, like, her comeback. (laughs) Like, and it just... Stuck a fork in it, like she had a reality show, like a bit later called Roseanne's Nuts, where <laughs> she where she was running a nut farm in like Hawaii, mm-hmm. and then nothing until well, her next comeback, and she stuck her mouth in her in her foot, or she stuck her foot in her mouth,
3: <laughs> her mouth in her foot,
2: <laughs> and. Then yeah, and we have not heard from her since. Yes, I do know where I can find her, but I have not heard from her since. And it's yeah. sad because the thing is, Roseanne gave a lot to the gay community. Like she, I mean, like her show normalized a lot of gay relationships to some extent. Uh-huh. Like, and not only that, but like the show was freaking aired on 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 uh, what you call it on Logo for years.
1: Hmm.
2: Lo- and logo,
1: what what is sorry? What is that
2: logo? It's a cable channel that is um, primarily marketed towards um, gay and lesbians. Oh, okay. Like it was it was originally where they aired um, Drag Race before um, Viacom decided, hey, we can make more money off of showing it on BH One, and then we can make more money off of showing it on. On MTV, and we can make more money off of it by taking less time out, so we can show a we can show a really bad like show with um I can't remember who was terrible in that one yeah. um that never was town? yeah but, regardless to say it's the network it doesn't isn't really important anymore okay um yeah so Roseanne Barr who is this giant this very big cow um. There's a boob. There's a boob. Sash but the
3: character,
2: too. the yeah. character. We're being very clear here. We're talking oh. about the character. For all the problems to make fun of Roseanne, we do not make fun of her weight. No.
3: Exactly.
2: Especially what because the the fat phobia is strong with this film in a few places. More with slim,
1: but we'll get to that. Um. Anyway, she's being carted off by her owner like this old cowboy in a wagon, and she exposits like, "Yes, that's me, I'm a cow. I've been sold off to make up for my owner's loss. All the cattle." have been stolen by Alameda Swim and the Willie brothers. Um So hang on, if she's this big show cow, or, okay, so I only just realized this, Alameda Swim like, steals all these big, like longhorn bulls, but if she's like this big prize-winning show cow, why the hell ha- hasn't she been stolen too?
3: I don't think he really noticed her because she's in her own pen. Like, yeah. she, mm-hmm. she's separated from everything else. Oh, okay. I mean, I mean, he, I mean, his his goals
1: are different, but that just occurred to me now. There, um, anyway, she's brought over to this homestead in the desert or canyon somewhere called Little Patch of Heaven, and we get a KD Lang song, um, which is not innately bad, but it's kind of forgettable, maybe because the singer is off screen. Um,
2: Sky, are you gonna say something?
3: I love this song. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
2: I can't say anything I'm... bad about most of the songs in this movie either. <laughs> no, rem- yeah. remarkably. Um,
3: there, uh, there is a weirdly dated reference in this song, animated-wise, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, nothing to do with the song itself, but uh, the the duck, who has, like, one line in the movie, but like, is just kind of like, hey, he's a duck, he's dead. There on the farm. Um, uh, He's doing the little kicks with the thumbs out uh, from Seinfeld.
1: Oh, yeah. okay.
3: Which is very strange. Uh, now, like, they've animated him beside Estelle Harris's character, Audrey the Chicken. So mm-hmm. maybe they were just like, we got to have a Seinfeld reference when we have her in the movie. But it's, why?
1: <laughs> I don't know. It was probably spot
2: on at the time or leading up to the production, but it dated by the time it aired. I mean, the song was written and recorded in 1999. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, This is a minor thing. I I showed this
1: to Will, but you can tell, like, how little I was invested in the film. There's a continuity error with the chicken coop. Like, she goes in front of it, and it's like, you know... The, the the we should she I should say Pearl the farmer who owned, the elderly farmer owns it she goes to the chicken coop which is maybe like the size of an outhouse, house but it's bigger on the inside and I couldn't help thinking I should be watching Doctor Who
2: instead
3: so Pearl. available on Disney Plus
2: <laughs> yeah such a weird world we live in now
3: yeah well I, there is still the uh, like I, I just posted it on Twitter today but there uh, was an episode of a British. Um, uh Disney like cartoon show called Disney Time where Tom Baker was just hosted as the doctor. Ooh. Wow. So you can you can find that online now uh, if you want to see that. It's very strange.
1: Hm. isn't Tom Baker like in doctor mode a lot of the time anyway? Like even if he's in different roles ostensibly.
3: That's fair. I do think he's uh... He's not necessarily the Doctor uh, uh, in Star Wars Rebels, but other <laughs> yeah. other than that, <laughs>
2: oddly enough, also the one place I don't remember where he was like the least like the Doctor. There was a clue game show. Oh yeah, where they basically um they would have little sketches where the and then they would bring in like you know a, two celebrities and I think a some. Or four celebrities, I can't remember. Anyway, they brought in a, and they would cross-examine the the suspects. And every season they had a completely different cast. But the third season, um, Tom Baker was Professor Plum. Oh, nice thing.
3: I'd like to see that, but I, I'm sorry I was also chuckling while you said that because in my mind I thought you were going to say it was like every year they have a cast of like three or four people and they go, come out and kill one of them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think the entire series is on YouTube. Um, the third and fourth seasons are very much slapstick comedy more than like the first couple, which are a little bit more straight laced, but. Like I think in the fourth season, at one point the murder weapons are different every episode, and one of uh, them the one of the possible murder weapons is a g string.
3: Cool. I'm surprised that Hasbro allowed that. Yeah.
1: Is, is Hasbro? I thought it was the Parker Brothers, or are they part of the same entity? Uh, the same...
3: Parker Brothers technically went out of business years ago. Uh, uh Hasbro owns all of the old trademarks. <laughs> it was the early '90s.
1: Anyway, I should, we should be getting into what passes the plot in this. So there's this is big <laughs> song dance number with the farm animals. There's basically it's established the the animal that runs the farm other than Pearl is Ms. Calloway,
2: voiced by Dame Judy fucking Dench For some reason, the black Damn, cow. Judy and... Dench will do any role if she, and dedicate herself to it.
3: This this was also prior to her taking over the role uh, of Spaceship Earth narrator in Epcot. Oh, okay. Uh, in in the nineties through um, just before she took over, it was uh, Jeremy Irons. Ah,
1: okay. yeah. Anyway, um, she like keep like helps keep the with of the piece. There's this elderly go who's abused by these piglets, but she. I mean, at first she asked the, her, her fellow cow, um, Grace, this ditzy blonde cow voiced by Jennifer Tilly, but she's hopeless at it, so, um, uh, Miss Calloway steps in, resolves the conflict, um, Abner, anyway, Abner, um, Maggie's owner comes and basically, sell gives, um, his cow to Pearl, um, and Ma- Ma- Maggie enters the farm with his black and black, like, music, um, Cause she, uh, what, what what's that phrase from Poochie? Well, <laughs> there there's I the, I don't know the way they were presenting her is it did seem like like this this cow is cool, kids. Well, when we know better about Rosanna. now, um, <laughs> but we anyway, um, like totally in our face. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't seen that episode in ages, but I, I, I haven't I mean, seen um, it in weeks. <laughs> yeah, but not, but she she rubs Miss um, Calloway up the wrong way because she's an arrogant show cow. Um, but then Buck, um, well, Buck the horse and the sheriff, riding him, Sam Brown, arrive um, with a three day eviction notice from the bank, um, seven hundred fifty dollars, which is conveniently the same as the reward for Alameda Slim, who we saw the poster for actually in the intro, so you can guess where this is going, and um, Pearl protest, but the sheriff says, well, the bank is calling in all favors because Alameda Slim has been bleeding them dry, apparently. Well, how would it it be? How would his robbing of the...
2: Well, I I I, mean, if their bank is waiting on loan payments and you can't actually pay for your loans because all your cattle are gone, then... Okay, there you go. Um... That,
1: that's how you get your money back. We can't touch on Maggie. Any thoughts on the other two cows?
3: Uh, I... I like them. I knew someone, uh, when the movie came out who actually had a Mrs. Calloway plush toy.
2: Okay. Nice. Yeah. And thing is, I feel like if this film came out, you know, five years later, when social media was more than just, you know, a twinkling, like well, the person Mark Zuckerberg stole Facebook from Zyze. <laughs> If it was more than just, like, I mean, Facebook. If it was more than just MySpace at the time.
0: Mm.
2: Like, I feel like you could have had a real audience here because you have, like, you have Judy Dench, you have Jennifer Tilly, you have Roseanne Barr. Who, so basically you have, like, three kind of gay icons. Mm-hmm. And gay Twitter would have loved it.
3: I showed it to friends of mine in
2: high school who
3: enjoyed it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, you. Oh, you didn't mention it, but the horse is voiced by Cuba Gooding Jr., who I mean, okay, yeah, I don't really care for, but we do have to mention him because because remember his son is Mason Gooding, who you know plays our favorite um, himbo in Scream and Scream Six. Ah.
3: Huh. Yes, I, 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 I will. Be happy to talk about his son. I will stop yeah. it at there. <laughs> yep.
1: Okay. Um, there, there won't really be any. I think there be any opportunities for, for that here. But um, sure. anyway, the, the animals um, are panicking. The goat says, "Yep, we're all gonna get eaten." Chicken says, "Who would eat a chicken?" And actually, both times I saw this, I was eating chicken. Oddly enough. You don't sell family. Yeah. Um. Anyway, it's. Doesn't, um, by anyway, the Maggie gets the idea to go to Chugwater to, to, is it, is it to get, because she's a show cow, isn't her idea like to go to like the the fair or something? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Cause somebody mentions a fair idea basically say, Oh, let's go to the fair, like win prizes and earn money so we can save the farm and try to persuade Buck slash the sheriff to postpone the loan payment. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Ms. Calloway won't go along with it, but eventually relents um, due to looks from the chicks. Um, you know, she's really really exaggerating the British stiff upper lip, stick-in-the-mud attitude with her. But, um, although, although she also points out that Pearl will be devastated because the cows and their animals are alive. But anyway, the three cows go down... Um, well... We go back, actually we cut to Chagua. There's, like there's a change of the aspect ratio because Buck is having this fantasy about kicking all these bandits around. Um,
2: I listen, we had to have something our... for the straight little boys who were going to see the movie. Yeah.
3: I, I believe that's also our first uh, instance of three or four, where we hear, jump back, kiss myself. They really seemed to think that was going to become a thing.
1: Yeah, because he's like kissing his muscles and like showing off, basically. Um, Yes. Anyway, he's having this fantasy while playing tic tac toe with this old dog in the chug water, like the sort of stereotypical western town. You know, like one street with all like the buildings and all that. Um,
3: It's like Calico in uh, Knott's Berry Farm. Sorry. Uh, It's a theme park thing.
2: Never mind.
3: Knott's
2: Berry (laughs) Farm. It's a theme park in California. Near um, it's in this Anaheim also, right?
3: Uh, Buena Park,
2: but basically. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Um,
1: but the typical western town, the sheriff is asleep. And I do, I do like this bit where he, I think he's sleeping or something like that, and there's this boom, booming voice you hear off screen. He like, says, I've been waiting a long time to give you this. And it's this little man giving him this telegraph. He's like, oh, hello, Morris. With,
3: like, a big smile, and he's just like, he's, I had the, I did not remember that joke. I laughed so hard. It was...
1: <laughs> it's one of the better ones in this movie, certainly. Because you think it's going to be this tough outlaw who's like going to shoot the sheriff dead, but it's, yeah. the, it's the town postmaster or whatever. <laughs> but Rico is coming to bring in a baddie. Um, and Buck is Rico. excited about this because he's always wanted to be... Um, I have wanted to be mounted by uh, by Rico, but...
3: Um, <laughs> I <laughs> mean, you're not wrong.
1: <laughs> Buck, we should say, is a horse, a cocky, like, stallion of some sort, but literally mounted by Rico. Um, Bayway the Cows are visiting, visiting the town. And there's a, there's a series of shenanigans, like, driving him into a saloon. Like, there's, like, a firecracker that sets him off and all these other noises that... They, they end up what they think is like the sheriff's office because it's a big star, but it's actually a saloon with dancing whores, I guess, or
2: women. I I'm think being...
3: showgirls aren't necessarily
2: whores. No, no, that's yeah, a no bit May harsh. Malone would take exception to you th- saying that. Who would showgirls? I I yeah. have to get a showgirls reference in there someplace, and you gave me the oh. yeah. Oh,
1: okay. No mean Malone, I, I I misheard you. Um.
3: Uh, I, I will. I will say though that uh, the um, the lady behind the bar of the saloon does look like Betty Taylor to me. I don't know if that was on purpose, but uh, Betty Taylor was uh, one of the um, performers at Disneyland's Golden Horseshoe uh, for years and years and years with Wally Bo. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was a purposeful reference. Hmm.
1: Barry, the. Um, does... The cows end up on stage and they brawl with the l- large show girls there. Um and there's like this big you know, sp- typical barroom ball, the patrons fight each other as well, um, and they're kicked out by the proprietor and maybe everything at the bottom of it. Um Do you know who voiced the the woman, by the way? Ann Richards.
0: Oh,
1: okay. Yeah, um, do you know who Ann Richards is, Skyler? I do not she was the governor of texas before george w bush was um he actually beat her using homophobic ads
2: yeah and as a oh, note oh dear she, yeah and she and she was a democrat so mm-hmm. i think she's the last That's
1: the yeah i think is she the, the most recent democrat um governor of texas i think she is she is yeah, 1994, um, and this came out 2004, so it was definitely topical because it was deep, very. Div- I mean, that was the high of his popularity, but there was still a big. He was still
2: obviously had a big hate him. although that's yeah. most presidents nowadays. I mean, just remember: no matter how much they wanted to soften up W for you, W sucked and continues yeah. to suck. Yeah, George oh. W. Bush. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there's a storm gathering around the town and it
1: heralds this approach of this tough looking bounty hunter. It reminds me a lot of Logan or at least like the Hugh Jackman version of Wolverine because that's what he looks like. He arrives in town with a badge on the back of his eye. I think it's like Evil Eye Joe or something like that. Um, and he goes to the sheriff and says like, is there anything else I can do? And he says, well, there's Alameda Slim. Um, and he says, Rigo, by the way, he's voiced by someone called Charles Dennis. He Is he somebody well known in Canada, Skyler? Because he was Canadian and he had a fairly long Wikipedia page.
3: I didn't see. Uh, it, it's more than likely he would have been uh, more just like a voice actor type who um, uh, did lots of different things. Let me see here. Charles Dennis, you said? Yes.
2: Yeah, he was on a couple of episodes of Star Trek. I mean, mind you, if you... Oh. and Everyone has been on a couple of episodes of Star Trek at this point. Which ones, I wonder? Um, Next Generation <laughs> and Enterprise, which... Uh, no, Enterprise isn't exactly something to write home about. <laughs> yeah, Yeah.
3: Uh, Looks like, like he's, he's
2: mostly theater and...
3: Yeah. Not really ringing many bells.
2: Okay.
1: Oh, he was in... Oh, that I remember that episode he was in on um, uh, TNG. Um, Apparently,
3: a playwright as well. I don't know his work, however.
1: Okay, um, I, I do like his voice though. It's like very, very, sounds very tough and like laconic. But anyway, um, and he's he, definitely not evil. Oh no, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not a bad <laughs> dude. Um. But anyway, he he it's says he's a fr- way. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry.
3: I just, it's very odd the way they place Rico on the uh, cover art right beside Alamina Slim.
1: Oh. Didn't it, so, I haven't looked at the poster, but they basically spoil that in the poster that he's a badden.
3: Well, no, not the theatrical poster, because the theatrical poster is basically a lineup of all the farm animals under a nice, uh, either blue sky or just complete yellow. Um yeah. But the Blu-ray and DVD, it's like um, the cows and buck and Lucky the rabbit in a mine car with uh, above the title. You've got the kind of like um, the stereotypical like evil looming Uh, um, villains sort of look. Uh, You've got Alameda Slim on one side, Rico with the fly on the other. Ah, Okay. Well, is... they,
1: they, they had their chance to see it, so
3: I suppose.
1: But um, <clears throat> we'll get we'll get to his his heel turn later. But um, he but anyway, he cho- he needs a fresh horse. Rico does, and Buck does all these like st- cartoonists strutting around town. Um, <laughs> despite warnings from the sheriff that he, Buck's a little over eager, but Rico says he'll do. Um, I will say, I, I mean, it's a cartoony movie, so. It's not as big... I don't love it when humans and animals are in the same movie, yet they, the animals do, like, really cartoony things. There's a, a gripe, a gripe I have with the Aristocats versus, like, in One Hundred Dalbations, where they act... where they're not, like, walking on their hind legs or, like, dancing and doing silly things like that. Um, a minor gripe, especially con- considering this movie. We haven't even gotten into the really... I not we haven't even gone to the really bad stuff, I don't think. Um you're gonna say something, Tyler? or
3: Oh no, I'm just getting excited for what I assume the really bad stuff is.
1: <laughs> I mean I mean you mentioned Roseanne Barr, so that that's pretty bad.
3: Oh uh. Uh, okay. Well so we're I mean, we're talking about different things. Like people people can talk about like the uh the bad stuff of like actual bad things and then other people being like um Oh, this is really bad. I hate it. About uh, the method of cattle rustling, perhaps.
1: Okay, <laughs> we'll get we'll get, we'll get to that. Um, but we um, <laughs> uh, Rose, excuse me, not Rose. Um, Ma- Maggie overhears this. She has a look at the poster. She even like talks to the dog, like and Buck, like trying to convince, like her. She's going through her original plan, like say, "Hey, can you push this back? We need." We can raise $60 if we go to the fair and, this, and the dog says, no, you need 750 And then they see the wanted poster and say, hey, we'll go. And she knows Slim, obviously. She has this vendetta against him for evicting her from the farm. Um, and she gets in a fight with, with Miss Calloway about something, because Miss Calloway isn't up for it. Is that accurate? Or am I missing something?
3: More, more or less, it was the uh, like, she kind of nudges her and uh that uh, in to kind of goat her into it um and uh, that's when uh miss calloway uh first uh says like don't don't do that yeah. and it's like yeah. and then with maggie being herself it, it's just like well why not and it's like because i don't like it <laughs> and then her hat falls off and that sets yeah do... uh calloway off yeah um she doesn't, not
1: as bad as late, it's not quite a later, but Ms. Calloway basically hulks out and they have this big brawl in the mud. Um, then all three cattle are tied to this wagon um, by the sheriff. The tech, actually by, I guess a Chinese immigrant there? Yes,
3: who depending on how, the, when you might pause the thing is either drawn fine or really racistly.
2: Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> some racism here. Um, Jesus Christ.
1: What, was there like a shot where he was like extra yellow or something like that? Or what? what I, mean?
3: Uh, I mean, his eyes uh, oh. for about half of his screen time get very... Um, Linear? Yeah.
1: Oh, that's unfortunate?
3: Yeah.
1: Because I, I remember the one shot of him where he, he looked like an extra from Mulan, but... Uh, I'd have to look well, again.
3: And, like, when he, like, is, like, first kind of seeing, like, it, it's fine, but then it just goes into the other, and it's, it's dicey. <laughs> I do not know who animated him, however, because a character with, like, ten seconds of screen time over two scenes mm-hmm. wouldn't get listed in the credits.
1: <laughs> okay, then then I... I'm not going to watch this whole thing again, but if I go back, <laughs> I'll have to keep an eye on that. Um, yeah. Anyway, they're they're brought up to the cattle round by this guy, um, which is where um, where Maggie wants to go anyway to find Slim. And we haven't talked much about Jennifer Tilly's guy, but this this isn't this isn't the first scene. It was the one after that where it's established she's completely tone deaf and sings like Western songs really badly.
2: She has perfect pitch actually so I don't know what you're talking about her being tone deaf okay, she has extraordinary pitch we'll say um
1: well but though not to Maggie's liking um, they pass Dixon farm, which is where Maggie lived, and they pass the trophy room and she's a the farm sell to mr y esq y dot o apostrophe um get it. Yep, and Maggie—not really necessary. I guess it's supposed to be an emotional beat, but she says this is it's Dixon Farm. It's being sold. I, I, she, I, I think Grace says I wonder what happened to the cow that lived there. And she said, "I'm that cow." Um, so I guess we're supposed to feel a little sorry for her, but whatever. Um, <laughs> that, that's a problem with this one also. Even, even if Roseanne Barr wasn't voicing her, I, I don't like the main character, or I, I feel like maybe a different actress could have given her. She would be a, a more charming, or less of just a arrogant bully.
3: I I don't find her to be like a bully. Like I find her brash because like that's kind of bullheaded the whole thing. And, say. and sure, uh, but I, I do think she is charming with like the piggies, and uh I don't know. I think I think there's something there. I think part of the problem with the whole movie though is that she gets there and then they leave because there should be more to connect her to the farm and the other animals Mm -hmm. as opposed to it just being like we got to save the farm right now yeah i mean
1: i heard somewhere she was made (laughs) they decided to make her a separate cow like to like have more drama between the cows but yeah that robs you of that like why is she standing up for this farm that she just moved into
3: and they they could do that, but even having some sort of, like, a, a quick montage, really. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. it, a lot of this film reminds me of Rover Dangerfield. <laughs> I don't know if you've <laughs> ever seen that back. film.
1: Only, I've seen the re- a review of it, but I've not seen the thing itself.
3: It, it's coming to Blu-ray soon, in January, actually. Um, but... In Rover Dangerfield, there is actually a passage of time to get Rover kind of acclimatized to farm life.
1: Mm. But, I
3: don't know. Or maybe there
1: could have been like uh, a... <laughs> anyway. um, well, well, Let's just go on. So they they reached the cattle around whoever and... The, there's a bunch of thirsty bulls there, and I know the answer to this is no, but I couldn't help writing my notes. Are none of these cows gay, or none of these bulls gay? Because they're all really thirsty
2: over these three cows that have wandered into their mist. I mean, sometimes you just you go for whatever meat is handy. Well. Yeah. Um.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um I almost said horny bulls, but that's kind of redundant. But um, yeah. anyway, they go to this cattle run. It's nighttime, but they talk a bit about Alameda Slim and the willies. And the bulls say, oh, it's just tails to frighten calves. But when the actual woolly boys come to knock out the bull owners and the Chinese man, they panic all of a sudden. And Alameda Slim finally makes his first appearance proper as a Bison and voiced by actor and real-life criminal Randy Wade. Uh, what <laughs> yes. do you Wait. What do you think of this villain, uh, Skyler? Are you first?
3: I, I, I like the song. I like the character. I don't like the actor. Uh, because, again, we've got our third creep of the movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I, do, I do also want to point out, though, uh, his, his nephews, the, the Willy boys, um, the, the comedy triplets, uh, played by the co-director of DC Super Pets. Oh really? Yes.
1: Ah, okay. Uh well, what do you what do you think of Alameda Slim?
2: I mean, the character is the the character is that is not I would say in any way shape or form the most threatening Disney villain. No. <laughs> There's not a world where this character is threatening, but this is not the kind of film that needs a threatening villain. No, he he's a silly, he's a silly one, but he he fits in this film more better than a serious one.
3: I feel like if if you did something different, you could push him to a threatening point. Like, oh, um, go ahead. I I know that this movie was not never going to become a franchise, mm-hmm. but if I were to compare him to a a different sort of Disney villain of the era. Mm-hmm. He reminds me very much of um, Doctor Draken, complete buffoon. But if you watch the TV movie that was originally supposed to end the series, there's some threatening moments there. Who's Doctor Draken? Impossible.
1: Oh, okay, Don Imaggio's character.
3: Yes, you knew he had a name. Yes, the like blue that, but... Uh Doctor Drew. Um, I almost said Pinsky, but that that wasn't it. <laughs> Well, That's someone else entirely. Well, the, in terms of
1: Disney villains, he, he, I mean, he's a hypnotist, and he's not the best Disney villain who does hypnotism. Jafar is probably the best, but even Ka is better than him. And what I, I was imagining in version of the film if he if he was not just like wrestling these cows, but actually eating them. If there was if he was he could be more threatening if there was actual if he if he loved beef. But yeah, he,
3: that would not, be very tough. Yeah, <laughs> that,
1: that, maybe that's a little too dark, but um, he, he's he's not by no—maybe str- not quite the worst anime Disney film villain, but he, but I, I don't know. But there are worse ones than him, I guess. Um,
3: what well, do you think but,
1: of the song? So at first, it seems like it's gonna be very sinister, but then it becomes this very colorful yodeling song, and all the cows like turn like these big bright colors and they're all the three cows are trans, well two, maggie and mrs c are in trance but grace isn't but
2: well before we get into it what what are you thinking of the song i mean let's just put it this way if you're gonna drop acid <laughs> yeah the, you might as well watch a disney movie i guess <laughs> hey, it in is, my, it's an acid in my trip. notes
3: it, well, and the, in my notes, I have it listed as either pink longhorns on parade or heffalums <laughs> and yodels.
1: <laughs> See, I, I, I wish it was a little trippier than what we got. Like the Rainbow March of Cows is, is okay, but I wish we had gotten something a little more imaginative, like with like them changing shapes or That's maybe, nice. maybe maybe this is where I wouldn't have mind if they're a little silly here, but they're just marching around and. Um, in like Technicolor, um, and there are multiple jokes about the size of Slim's pants. So, but I, 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 this you? is I don't, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know the drug history of the people who made this, but uh, I wish they had <laughs> tried some of the stuff that the Pink Elephants on Parade people had done. Fair. Um,
3: I I do uh, think that the the stunt yodeling is actually actually very well done. I think that it matches pretty well. He has two different uh, yodeling doubles uh, for this song, uh, which is, um, yeah, it, it, it's much less noticeable than, say, uh, the, the chief in Pocahontas certainly, uh, suddenly turning into uh, Jim Cummings, <laughs> or uh, Jeremy Iron suddenly turning into Jim Cummings, or June Foray turning into someone who is... Much, much, much younger in uh, Mulan. Was uh, Marnie Nixon like
1: that much younger than June Ferray at the time?
3: I have to look it up.
2: Anyway, um... look, I'm just but, pointing out. Ralph Fiennes did his own singing for Prince of Egypt, and Val Kilmer can be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, but anyway, that uh, it's, it's an okay song. It, it's yodeling is, is hardly like my favorite genre of music and my least favorite song from the sound of music is the yodeling one but it's silly and it's okay it's silly um anyway he rustles up all these cattle he closes off like this crevice in the canyon with a boulder although what in the process though he thwart he like his spurs and in the process he thwarts rico who's approaching on horseback which knowing what knowing what we do about rico and slim later why did he is it just him keeping up appearances, or have they not teamed up yet?
3: I would think that it was appearances more than anything.
2: Yeah, because they're witnesses.
1: Uh, okay, <laughs> that's yeah that's right. Um, but the way, the cows are not are not kidnapped. Um, just just the bulls and Buck is fooling around. Like, um, I think he's like boasting about getting him or something. Like that. And Rico actually sees this and orders the robbed cowboys to take Buck back because he apparently Buck is too skittish around cows. So Rico takes the gray horse instead. Um, And, and when the cows continue after Slim, when Buck j- joins them, but is just being a jackass, just like run, running around. Um,
3: there is something here though, with the, the, Grace has this whole like, uh, Thing to her character where she mm-hmm. uh, is trying to uh, be kind of like uh, um... a therapist. Yeah, yes, in a, in a way, uh, she's uh, but she's also kind of like doing uh, self diagnoses of all sorts of different things uh, throughout. And to an extent, that's fine. But the, the the way that she calls Buck bipolar seems very dismissive, as opposed oh, yeah. to like. Mm-hmm. Uh, as opposed to the the earlier things, where like she seems to try to be understanding, like uh, and the piggies and things like that uh, on the yeah. farm, and yeah. yeah, I don't know, this really rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, that would not fly today. No,
1: I hadn't picked him up. For that. Um, am I missing anything before we get to the scene in Slim's lair?
2: I hate this horse.
1: Yeah, he he is. Pardon the phrase, but he is a jackass.
3: Which is it's interesting as well. He is the main character of the Game Boy game. Really? Yeah. Don't know why. Also, <laughs> like what? One of the trailers, I guess, because like they don't like selling female characters. But th- when you watch the uh, the the first trailer for this movie, they name check Buck Rico. Alameda Slim and the girls. It's it's the girls as a unit as opposed to like everything else.
1: So (laughs) he was marketed as the protagonist rather than the three cows?
3: Well, you could tell it was a story about Maggie, but they don't give her a name in the trailer for some reason. So it seemed like they were trying to uh, make it look more like about uh, buck than anything. The the, the dream sequence is uh, one that was marketed pretty heavily, and that is what the game is based on, basically. Mm. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, I never bought it. I've wanted it, but I never got it. Um, but yeah, it's just... As a fairly unlikable character, it's weird to make him supposedly the one to try to hedge all your bets on.
2: Between that and all and all the catchphrases or repeating of his catchphrase, there's definitely the feeling that Disney was like, "Yeah, this character's going to be our like runaway. Like everyone's going to love him. He's our new Stitch." They bet on the wrong horse. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, yeah.
3: that other horse. That's a good line. Is...
2: Uh, good clip. Good clip. Uh,
1: um. Anyway, back at the lair, what will be exposes Echo Canyon later, um, this, like, canyon that they have with the train. Um, Slim exposits his evil plans to the willies, basically say, he's basically a robber baron of cattle. He used to be, like, a, I guess, a cowhand, but he yodeled, and the people who owned the cows didn't appreciate that, and so he's getting his revenge on them by stealing the cows, and Buying up their land, and is Clark Kent disguised, which fools the Willies.
2: What but, happened to Uncle Slam? What would you do with him? Yeah. <laughs> hey, where are you? Yeah. Um.
1: And the henchmen don't appreciate the art of yodeling and refer to it as singing, which pisses him off. Um, well, not,
3: not singing, singing.
1: A uh, singing, yeah.
3: Maybe they don't like your singing. Yes. Well, it's (laughs) funny. It's one of the silliest things. (laughs) I love them so much. I
1: mean, yodeling is I
3: I cannot dislike the yodeling or the willies. The stupid joke about Big (laughs) McDonald.
1: Big McDonald had a farm. (laughs)
3: yeah
1: yeah i know <laughs> Dude, do, do, do you generally like it or is it like on a so bad it's good level or but about
3: i i i don't know I've always enjoyed it it's stupid and I don't realize it, but I love it and yeah. it's just like the the whole thing in that scene of like the fact that you haven't gotten to it yet, but you're about to uh slim has missed patch of heaven on the map because one of the willies has been sitting in that exact same spot. Yeah. Every time they go to the civil yeah. air because his, this is my comfy spot.
1: Yeah. And his, <laughs> and his head is exactly the same shape as little patch of heaven. Strategically <laughs> enough. Um, so yeah, he has his, he sets a site on that farm. Um, and back at size of heaven, the animals are now up for sale, and um they're depressed, but I think the pig says something about how oh those cat- cow- those cowgirls like always pull through or whatever, even though they've, they've only just met Maggie um so whatever um I took very little notes for this part um
3: well, we're um, getting into the the what is basically the nine eleven song. Um, I mean, it I, is, but remember, just the way you said it, <laughs> well, yeah, but that's the way that Alan Minkin always refers to, well, not always refers to it, but he always brings up the fact that like, as a nation, I wanted to have like a, a healing balm of a song and we put it in this cow comedy, but, uh, <laughs> uh. Yeah, it's it, it kind of the most lasting song, uh, with the, uh, la- most lasting thing of the movie. Period. Um, it, it's at the time um, I remember there was a show called Disney on the Record uh, that was touring throughout North America, um, and it was basically supposed to be um, roughly like. 80 years of Disney songs in one show and it's just covers and, like, there was a plot of, like, a group of people coming together to record covers and falling in love in the recording studio. Well, The Son of Roshayan Again is, like, the most recent song that had been in there because it had come... Uh, like, this movie had come out, like, two months before the show started touring. Uh But that song to this day Disney still uses it they used it this year in one of their many like piano uh, calming meditation type albums you can buy on iTunes
2: okay and Bonnie Raitt sings the song and uh, does a phenomenal job honestly like if the film had you know been better received like they would have this would have 100% in the film they submitted for the Oscars that year Mm. Mm -hmm. It is a good song, I will say. By Ray, very Um, and
1: it happens like during, like basically the low point of the film, because um, there's, because the cows, um, they've been like following the tracks, but um, Buck because he's an asshole, like creates these like fake horse tracks like across the desert or the prairie or whatever to confuse them, and then there's a flash flood that gets rid of the tracks and Mrs. C actually rescues Maggie and gives her a dressing down about the whole adventure. So not a bad song though. I wish I could get invested in the characters who are actually suffering as I was playing. I don't even even care about Pearl, like looking back at um, like her photos of grace and, and Mrs. Mrs. Calloway.
3: I, I do. I do feel for Pearl. Um, I think, though, that I was distracted this time because I, I thought it was a bit strange that, um, I mean, animals are different, but it's, it, it seemed odd to me that uh, Grace and Mrs. Calloway are supposed to be roughly the same age. Mm, yeah. Because you see them both as um, calves. Yeah. In the photos. That is strange. And
2: did... Uh,
3: just this is a good
2: time as anything to say it. Did is Mister Calloway wherever Mister Potts is? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, maybe,
1: maybe maybe it's just a it's just a name.
3: I I, I was always assuming it was just a name. Yeah, okay. uh, it was like, oh well, we're going to give you a hat because you're so proper. <laughs> so yeah. you need to have a proper name.
1: It's a, okay. it's a well. I don't wanna like
2: open the can of worms of this franchise, but it's like Mrs. Norris. There is no Mr. Norris. Well now I'm just gonna head can and then Mrs. Potts is just her first name also. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Or maybe it's just something get, give it
1: grafted on to elderly woman regardless of whether they're married or not. Anyway, um cows wake up. It's here we get our pro- proper introduction to Lucky Jack, who's this luckless Jack Rabbit, who it turns out was evicted by slim as well um the reference to the rabbit foot is something i didn't pick up on initially so that that's okay but um i think he does reek of trying too hard of trying to make the audience laugh well,
2: well he's al- well he's also like um the character was in older versions of the fil- of the script one of the main characters. Mm. Like, it was even supposed to be, I think, a thing where um, Slim was supposed to have his foot. Oh. Oh, that
1: would have been dark. Yeah.
3: I mean, less dark than eating cows. Yeah.
1: (laughs) True. Could have gotten the whole chicken run way. It's like a yeah. like a beef tenderizing factory or something like that, anachronistically. But anyway, but anyway, uh, the cows wake up and Maggie offers to leave the farm if they get back. I think they. Am I missing anything? Or I mean, I've only seen this film twice. I'm, I'm hazy on the details. And but was, anything
2: else before we get back to the lair? Not really. They just know where the lair is now. Okay. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> Lucky has joined your party. Whatever. Um, there's a reprise of Home, the Home on the Range" song, which is nice. Um, and they're counting the cows. They're waiting for somebody to come um, by them. Mr. Weasley, who it turns out is not a ginger wizard, but is a tiny Steve Buscemi called Mr. Wesley, who I'd completely forgotten was in this movie.
3: Well, Steve Buscemi. It's Weselton. Yeah. Steve Buscemi apparently took the part because he was um, flattered that it was a caricature of him I don't know why he would be okay with him being given yellow teeth but
2: (laughs) I mean it's Steve Buscemi he's just just that kind of person (laughs) I mean his character character in Monsters Inc. was kind of like him also you know like uh, well, as, as,
1: um, he's sort of, like a sort of Weasley character. But I had for- completely forgotten he was in this, and he's the one who, or one of the people that uh, Slim is selling the cattle to. But it transpires, Slim has only 4,997 cows, rather than even 5,000. So he won't buy them just yet. Um, meanwhile, they, they go to the entrance. I will say, I mean, he's a minor character, but I do like Junior, the... Bison that slim rise just because of the very deep voice that he has, and like the fact that he doesn't take any shit from Buck, who we hate. Yeah. So He but he won't let Buck in. But the cows, he let the he lets the cows in with the rabbit, and he and Mrs. C actually flirt. So,
3: what about the rabbit?
1: Obviously, he's with them. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Ma- Maggie won't let Buck in with them. Um. Rico returns and on the Grey Horse, and I think Rico's doing something else, but Buck actually goes to the Grey Horse, who, who's voiced by Patrick Warburton, by the way. Imagine how better this film would be if Buck was, A, a better character, but B, voiced by Patrick Warburton. Oh, yeah. yes. Switch the roles.
2: Yeah, you can probably oh. pay Patrick Warburton to completely dub over on Buck. Yeah. Oh, um, but but Buck scares him by saying that
1: Rico wields a horse whip after he's gotten his catcher. Whatever, um, it's it's here where Grace gets the cotton in the ears idea, right? So um, Slim sees the three cows. He tries to tempt him with the yodeling, but it doesn't work because the two affected ones have cotton in the ears, and Grace isn't affected. Um, and there's this big cart chase, which I'm sure was the bulk of, or a lot of the, the video game is based on, where there's this cart chase through the mine involving. Junior the Bison and Slim being trapped in the minecart and dynamite event. I'm I'm paraphrasing a lot of it. Um, Any thoughts about this action scene? Or
3: I I don't have any more notes until we get back to the farm, other than the fact that there was an anti DreamWorks joke a little bit back. Oh, really? What was that? Well, Buck is uh, referred to as the stallion of the sim moron.
1: Uh yes. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah,
3: yes, uh, that would have been t- uh, two years after Spirit came out. Uh,
2: uh, speaking of films that were, you know, well animated and should have gotten a better, but uh, gotten a better following. This is big chase through the mine, eventually culminating with when G- Rigo gets
1: involved. He ma- he gets on Buck again, and there's dynamite at the bottom of the mining shaft, which explodes and. In- Basically shoots everybody out, and Slim breaks free. And turns out Rika was in cahoots with Slim all along. Basically, that dun, the Boba dun, Fett dun. To his job of the hunt.
2: Rika was
1: evil. Wow, who'd have thunk? But the cows are kidnapped. So basically, he's going off in his costume to buy little patch of heaven. Is that right? Yes. Buck tries to buck off um Rico because he, now that Rico turns out to be a badden, um, and beats up the delivers on like his fantasies of, like beating up the Willies, um and the cows escape by Maggie snatching Mrs. C's hat so that she'll hulk out and break out of the train car that they're in. And Mrs C gives a speech. I d I didn't write maybe it a year for the film to end, but do you remember the speech at all? Not
3: particularly.
1: Yep. Okay, we'll guess what' happening. <laughs> they release the bulls and hijack the train and tie up the baddies and leave the cars behind, which I will say is something that I didn't think the film would be intelligent enough to do like rather than just ha when I think of trains I always think of like a long, like a steam engine with like all these cars rather than just the steam engine going on its own but um yeah, but they meet up with the the thirsty bulls again who try to follow them, but crash
2: into a train post um and we get a joke about them needing a cold shower. Yeah, is that... Do, do you not get... I'm guessing it's a masturbation joke. I mean, people, the there's the entire thing. You take a cold shower if you're really horny. Because uh, so... the cold water causes, you know, blood that's in certain places to go other places. Uh, okay. I can't I believe
1: it. <laughs> I figured it was something along the lines of, I'll be in my bunk. No, it's <laughs> quite the opposite. Yeah. Um, Anyway, the Thirsty Bulls are thwarted by a train post, and there's a near collision with the train switch up ahead, and Buck basically goes with Lucky Jack, who uses his peg as an lever to prevent it, the morning express from crashing into their train. But we're back at the farm now, and... The, it's sold to Mr. Y Odell and he's about to sign the deed when the train comes rolling in and the cows ensure that the train jumps the tracks. And the film has mostly been okay looking like a very stylized, but there are some ugly CGI rocks at this point. I was like the train was crashing, but th- that's all right, of which stuck out to me. I'm sure, I'm sure there's like other CG, CG stuff in this film and, but that seemed particularly jarring to me. Um, is there any, is there? Did I miss anything leading up to like the big fight? The fight at the little slice of heaven.
3: Uh, nothing I'm aware
1: of. The, the cows recognize Slim, right? Oh yes. Oh, yeah. oh, 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 oh well, he... D- Their names him. aren't Willy. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh that's right. They, oh, yeah, they, they saw him in disguise earlier, but uh, anyway, they and the farm animals end up kicking him around. He ends up being caught in the train's chimney and. I think Mr. is something like that, like blows smoke up it and miraculously his
2: bottom half isn't burnt to a crisp. <laughs> it's a cartoon, cartoon logic. And yeah. when we have a cow literally doing cow-foo in this scene. That's yes. true. Um, but it does, his disguise is is uncovered, however, so if everyone
1: sees Mr. Y. Odell is, is Alameda Slim, who would have thought? And his yodeling is muted by a cowbell that Grace kicks into Slim's mouth. Oh yeah, doing the Kowfu, as you would say.
3: Um, we uh, we also during that scene uh had Estelle Harris, Audrey the Chicken, uh doing the Michael Keaton line from Batman eighty nine of you wanna get nuts, let's get nuts. Why? Who the fuck knows?
1: <laughs> Hot take here. That that wasn't even that wasn't even that funny or effective in that film.
3: Well, not particularly uh, although I think he he, he might have uh that at the time I don't know.
1: It uh, uh, doesn't make sense uh, if, there squ- if there were squirrels but but nuts have nothing to do with chickens. Yes.
3: Yeah. The the only time I've really enjoyed that line is uh when they had um in, in uh, Batman Return of the Cape Crusaders, Adam West going through various um Batman lines that were past his uh normal <laughs> tenure and uh, hearing him say them was just like sounds both cool and wrong at the same time.
1: I need to <laughs> seek that out. very good film cool. Um, there's a got milk joke also? let's forget. Um, so.
3: it was a very big thing at the time, yeah. Mm-hmm
1: um the slim's off to jail the farm is saved maggie appears to disappear but she overhears the compliments that his callaway gives her finally and all the all the farm animals win first prizes at the county fair somehow
3: question mark lucky jack becomes friends with slash rivals with jeb The the goat
2: yeah um because all the animals, with the exception of all the nameless cows that have been left to wander in the middle of the desert, decide to move to little patch of heaven.
3: Yeah. All those
2: cows that you know <laughs> just got released are probably dead. All the mm. all the bulls you mean? Well, the yeah. ones the four other four thousand nine hundred ninety-seven. Oh
1: cows. yeah. Um, I don't know anything about county fairs. My only reference to it is Charlotte's Web. But wouldn't are like prize-winning animals like? They win it based on like their sizes. Like, wouldn't they all have to be like Maggie size to win prizes? I mean,
3: some of them are like that. Uh, There are other things that can be taken into account for those sorts of things as well, though.
1: Is it like the Westminster dog show where it's like by different breed or like by different from
3: from what I understand? Yes, but it also would also depend on the fair itself and who's judging.
1: Okay, because I mean, my only reference, my only point of reference is Charlotte's Up, where there's this. But I think the prize pig is one that's much
3: bigger than the protagonist pig. But whatever. Yeah. Um, uh There's also a Mickey cartoon where uh, he has a, a prize pig in the Paul Rudish uh, shorts, and uh, uh, Piggy in that is much, much, much bigger. But uh, I think that one was more because uh, he got the prize. I think more because they were. Uh, a fun singing act, but uh, it's been a while since I've seen that cartoon. <laughs> okay,
2: and they're also uh, dairy cows. Maybe they won awards for oh, you yes, know, okay. good milk or cheese or something like that. I don't know. Okay, I was in 4H, but I would never touch that part of 4H. I don't know
3: what 4H is.
2: It's basically just. Um, yeah. It's some place where, you know, Principal Skinner thinks that all the kids would be hanging out, but they're out of touch. <laughs> None of these kids, there aren't any kids at the 4-H Club. Am I out of touch? No, it's them. It is the children who are wrong. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, but anyway, the two thirsty bull brothers arrive, even though Mac- Maggie showed Zero interest in them earlier, but she dances with one of them, but Junior returns also. Um, so... That's cool, I guess. Um, um, this big. The, uh, di- oh, go the, ahead.
3: The bulls were named Barry and Bob.
1: Right. Is that in reference to anything? I know they're voiced by the same guy, but is it?
3: Not, not that I'm aware of. It, it was just uh, you mentioned them, so I thought I would let you know. <laughs> okay. um, there's
1: basically a reprise of the Little size of Heaven song and um ends with one of the chicks doing the rooster crow again because we missed that um and that's in the film there's a tim mcgraw song and a bow sister song over the credits which are are not that memorable to be honest and unlike the other songs in the film which
3: i will say um anything before we get into final thoughts um i mean there wasn't a, a post credit scene unless uh, unlike um brother bear the, there's just um kind of after the uh, the sister song ends there's um kind of saloon door sound and some spur sounds and um like a a little whinny like a neigh up in the back so it's just like oh, is something gonna happen no no i not know we're we're completely done <laughs> um
2: Will, anything else before we get to Final Thoughts? Um, I mean, Skylar, I know you watched, um, A Dairy Tale. Did you, Christian? Yes,
1: I only saw it once, though. Um, didn't leave a huge impact, but why don't you tell us about A Dairy Tale?
3: Skylar? Oh, um... I, I didn't get the synopsis of all three minutes, but
2: um... I, there's a lot of lore in here. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, um, a dairy tale, a dairy tale, uh, is a short film that was uh, released on the DVD. Um, that is three minutes long. Uh, on the DVD, it says it is three minutes and forty seconds. Don't know why that is, because it's not. But. Um, yeah, uh, it's done in kind of the patchwork kind of fabric style that the characters are shown in in the end credits, mm-hmm. which was also the uh, the theme of, of uh, the DVD menus, as well as the uh, joke corral uh, feature in the special features of the DVD, which on on the Blu-ray, the menus are completely gone. You don't have the uh, opening intro for the menu uh, the joke corral is in a kind of a play all mode, so it's not an interactive thing. Um but uh this this short remains as as it once was if you were to buy the Blu-ray today. Um the the short film though is um Mrs. Calloway deciding to uh read the story of the three little pigs and everybody fucking with her. Uh-huh. So <laughs> that's about about it. Uh she Gets interrupted by everyone wanting to uh tell the story their way. Uh, the Grace wants it to be a sci fi story where she uh wins against aliens, which I'm wondering if that was some sort of uh chicken little reference the year before that came out. Um, the uh, they had uh Buck being awful as, as usual, uh, but I <laughs> I love that they got Dame Judy Dench to say complete and utter nonsense, like the big bad horse with lovely muscles and sunglasses was evil. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a cute short and I enjoyed it. Okay.
1: I mean, I didn't dislike it, but I, I couldn't help thinking that it, it just because it brought up Three Little Pigs, I couldn't help thinking, wouldn't it be better just to watch the classic Three Little Pigs instead?
3: Uh, fair it is a much better short but it's also about 3 times longer um mm-hmm. although they do have the uh, who's afraid of the big bad wolf um in the score of the, yeah. Of the short yeah I bet. um okay overall thoughts uh will do you want to start us off yeah
2: sure um i mean i came out when i did my last rewatch um this the film before it and the next film, which you know I'll be talking about in the, in the near future again. Um, I basically used my sheer hatred of watching the three films to get through a very painful part of the game Hollow Knight. Okay. <laughs> Like, literally, I used my <laughs> hatred to get through, like, a, get through the White Palace, which anyone who has played Hollow Knight, um, yeah. Um, but anywho, back to the point. This watch through, I don't, didn't find myself disliking as much. In fact, I found stuff to like. I liked the animation. I liked, um, the music. It just basically came down to the fact that I felt like the, script was trying too hard to be funny sometimes yep and I felt like you know while most of the voice actors were doing a good job there are a couple like you know Roseanne who you you could obviously tell they were just you know there for the paycheck and they weren't gonna try if they if they didn't have to I mm. mean Judy Dench will put her hole in any role she does I mean freaking cats yes she you can tell she is enjoying herself Doing that film <laughs> as opposed to, you know, Roseanne, who was just like, okay, got my paycheck. I'm going to come, I'm going to have my comeback. Bye.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So, yeah, I, I mean, and it didn't help that there was like a lot of executive like meddling behind the scenes. And that's why this film probably was, you know, not as well liked because nobody knew exactly what to do with it. And
3: yeah. I find that the film, uh, it, it, it's, it's real messy. It definitely, um, needs, needed more to it because parts of it feel like it's being very padded, spinning its wheels, but parts of it feel very underdeveloped. Mm -hmm. But I really like the songs. I think like a quarter to a half, if I'm being very generous mm -hmm. of the jokes work, um, I, I think it's very pretty to look at. Um so I like it and I still like it.
1: Okay. Yeah, this is not the horrific nadir of Disney animation that I, that I had built it up to be in my head. Like I remember watching it and not liking it, but and it ha- but there I don't think it's successful overall. I think it it's trying to, hard to be funny and the uh, Maggie and Buck as like main characters are unlikable um, or not as likable as the people right things think they are and there's but there's definitely things to like within it Um, it's cartoonier and more kiddie than a lot of Disney films but that's not in itself a bad thing but um, it's just not as fun or funny or innovative in terms of animation or music or story as it could be even though the songs are surprisingly successful it's not like one where the the songs ruin it for me um like just speaking of like films are covered like one of my least favorite ones so far is the aristocats like there's a lot of things about the aristocats that i don't like and don't feel it comes together but i think this is better i like i enjoy this more than that even though it has some similar problems A similar messiness um we've we talked about Roseanne plenty and a bit about Randy Quaid and we've alluded to Cuba Gooding jr. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, his performance isn't bad, but it, it just,
2: dare we mention it will, or not really. Let's he... We just keep in mind, Cuba Gooding jr. Is a piece of shit. Yeah. And that's he... all you need to know. Yeah. He's had issues. We'll say,
1: um, Anyway, way, it opened April 2nd, 2004. It did eventually make its money back, but and then some, but as you, as you said, Will, its budget was definitely about as budget ballooning as it languished in production. Um, yeah. And it opened fourth, its opening weekend. Uh, do you know what else opened that
2: weekend? No, I can't remember off the top of my okay, head. Okay,
1: I, I have it. Um, I don't have the order of them, but it came in behind Scooby-Doo 2. Oh, that makes sense. Walking Tall featuring The Rock and Hellboy. I don't know if that's least to, to greatest in terms of box office gross, but I assume Hellboy was the most successful of that sequel. Um, it got mixed reviews overall, although like even some of the more positive ones acknowledged it wasn't uh, necessarily a high point for the studio. Um, so it's not quite the critical disaster one might imagine to be, but I think part of the reason that it's so hated is that it's one of the last Disney animated films and di- or traditionally animated Disney films, and Disney is is even like post Renaissance is capable of much better than this. True, um, like post Renaissance, pre Tangled and Princess and the Frog. I mean, but um, mm-hmm. so it, it it. I and I guess like it's underperformance and a not probably know you can. Like you said, well, probably not only contributed to the fall of Michael Eisner, but probably the decline of 2D animation at Disney
2: in general. Yeah, the other movie that really failed from this year was uh, that Disney did was The Alamo. Mm-hmm.
3: Yes, the uh, the Touchstone release.
1: Yeah. Um. Thankfully, we didn't get any spinoffs or sequels, so we were spared Home Alone 2: Bullectric Boogamoo. You said um, Home Alone 2. One second. <laughs>
2: You said Home Alone too. Oh, sorry,
1: Home on the Range too. Anyway, um, is there anything else to say about this film before we score it? Did we? Is there anything we forgot to rant about, or we kept alluding to bad things? Is there any like particularly big problem that or thing that hobbles this film for either of you, or holds it back in the case of Skyler?
3: I mean, I, I was I was saying like I I think there are issues with the script where there are points where it. Needs to be fleshed out more. Where there are all other points where it's just kind of spinning its wheels, but it there there are p- uh, parts there that like I, I like the simple story. Uh, I like all of the other things that I've already mentioned, the songs and the art, and uh, it, there, there are issues with the cast as people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really. Roseanne is the only one who is giving a stilted performance, but it's not necessarily the worst I've ever heard either. It's Mm -hmm. just sort of like, it's there. Um, But yeah, there there are a lot of problems, but it's still something I enjoy. Okay. Um,
2: Will, any final thoughts or things that we, we didn't mention before? I mean... Not really. It didn't get nominated. It was like one of the first like years that a Disney animated film that was eligible for an Oscar didn't get nominated that year. I mean, te- Incredibles technically got nominated, but that that's still Pixar. So, mm-hmm. and Incredibles won obviously because the Incredibles is uh, terrific. Yeah, um, didn't
1: get any Razzie nominations either, which is a little surprising. <laughs> but it's there. I'm sure there are much worse films that came out this, this year.
2: The Razzies for? go for like the most low hanging fruit possible to the point True. where it's not even funny. Right. Yeah. Um So yeah, I it's a mess, but it's
1: not like an irredeemable clusterfuck. or like by or like insultingly bad, I don't think. Um should we go to scores then? Okay. Okay, Skyler, what out of five, what do you give Home on the Range?
3: Three. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm aware it's it's high, but three.
2: Okay. Um, Will, what are you giving this? I round up, so I'll give it two. Okay.
1: I'm giving it two also. Um, I thought this would be the first time I, get, I gave a one, but it didn't offend me or like, make me angry or, like, or maybe you want to switch off. I didn't. fall asleep to it last night, but that's because I, I have a very comfy couch, and if I don't have recent caffeine, in me that happens a fair amount. But it's it's a it's not a good film, but it's an it It's a, I guess you could say it's a bad film, but it's in, an interesting bad film. I guess.
2: Quick question: Are there dust bunnies under your big comfy couch? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> nothing, nothing, don't worry about it.
3: There was a there was a Canadian children's show in the nineties throughout the two thousands about a, a clown lady who had a, a a puppet doll and uh under her big comfy couch were little puppet dust bunnies. Uh, okay. That that passed me by, I'm afraid. It's payback
0: time. Cover me! With what?
1: Howdy, Slim! Quiet, you fools.
0: You've got work to do. Now listen up. There are crooks in this here west who have claimed to be the best, and they think they wrote the book how to wrestle. <laughs> well, as good as they may be, not a one's as good as me, and I barely have to move a single muscle. As they call me mean.
1: boys, depraved and nasty too, and they ain't seen. boys the cruelest thing I do.
0: You see, i your little e The sweetest way of rustling yet devised. Cause when i your little well, looky how them cows get hypnotized. He don't frog, he don't yell. Still he drives
1: and doggies well. Which
0: ain't easy when your chaps are labeled XXXXL. <tschaft> yes, yeah. if you're looking from above. One of you I sure can you In a He's a pioneer pipe Piper in ten gallon underpants.
1: I'm the real rip roar deal of those Thanks to my little,
3: little, little, reason little, reason little, uh, I mean, it would be here yeah, <laughs> on Earth2.net, I mean, the show.
2: Yeah, we just did uh, the Scream Six review was just out recently. Um, we will probably be talking about something um, that for the Christmas season, like usual, pro- if we get the chance or time. Well,
3: and... we'll see. It's it's getting close to to the wire. Uh, if if it is, it it's going to be. Something smaller. This year. Yeah.
2: Yeah, okay. no no no. It's not like two films that two films, definitely not. Um outside of that, I know WHXN we just had our season finale that just came mm. out. We are planning on doing a Christmas episode, but once again, it's just when we find time.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah, and I, I enjoyed both those recent episodes. The stream review helped me through working through Friday. right so that's it for this one next up technically is chicken noodle however there's going to be two special episodes airing before the end of the year and before we go back to regular scheduled programming in january in part because i don't remember liking chicken noodle either and (laughs) maybe quite possibly is worse than this (laughs) Uh, but i didn't want to end the year on such a bad note plus chicken noodle is the first the first 3D anime Disney film, so you know,
2: new year, new start seemed appropriate. Um, dinosaur, hello! Did you just did you blank dinosaur out of your brain? Because I, I can see why you would, that. but
1: I try to forget. It. I mean, it's weird to say you try to forget about a, a forgettable film, but yeah, but, but you know what I mean? Like totally computer anime because dinosaur, the scenes are in live action. The, the real backgrounds, yeah, true. Um. That was worse than this, by the way. That That is true.
0: Yeah.
2: And that kills me because I fucking love dinosaurs and prehistoric animals. I look at it this way. If you show your kid Disney Plus and they're like, okay, what do you want to watch? The dinosaur. This one? No, the good dinosaur. Oh. They're, they're telling the truth. I don't remember good dinosaur being that good either. You know? I mean, it's better than dinosaur. So therefore it is technically the good dinosaur.
3: There's so, also dinosaurs.
2: Yeah. Um, but that's only if you want you know, okay. traumatize your kids in the long run.
3: You don't have to show them that last episode, although You're Baby right. Sinclair did kind of creep me out as a, as a kid. There was, like, uh, not, like, all of the episodes, but, like, one episode, there was, like, him in, like, kind of, a, like, a a devil outfit. Maybe... It was just a halloween videotape cover i don't know no, but there's, there's, there's an episode uh, where
2: um baby sinclair um, turns two and the entire episode is a parody of the
3: exorcist okay so oh. that might have been the episode that i uh that got me like uneasy about baby sinclair like every so often like it, i was never like scared of him but i, I was just kind of like a, i'm i'm watching you <laughs> kind of thing mm.
2: Dinosaurs did some really dark episodes, okay? I'm just going to be honest there. Mm. There's an episode where they try and execute like two of the kids for um, heresy of believing the world is um, not flat. Oh, <laughs> But they only aren't executed because they can't find the edge of the world to throw them off of.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well.
1: Okay, thanks for joining me yeah. and not bailing that's it for this one then um yeehaw yes I don't, I don't know
3: oh come
2: on you can do better than that yodel put your put your put your diaphragm into it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah at least you tried hopefully I didn't wake up my neighbors.
1: <laughs> alright thanks for joining me for this one
0: Rain is pouring down Like the heavens are heard Seems like it's been dark Since the devil knows when How do you go on Never knowing for certain Will the sun ever shine again Feels like it's been years Since it started to thunder Clouds are camping out Valley and Glen How do you go on When you can't help but wonder Will the sun ever shine Send me a sign.